The Insurance and Injury Law Show back and ready to roll once again. The number anytime. Get a hold of Savannah and the team. one 990 9646 Email just as simple. It is help at the We will introduce you and educate you on a tool called the Injury Calculator here in just a bit. we got a ton of questions and emails to get through. It is going to be a busy show, as it always is. So, uh, Savan, we'll get right into it with the uh, the week that was, brother. How was it? Well, John, as usual, it was extremely busy. Let's yep. start off with an email that I got uh, this past weekend, actually, as I was uh, working out at the gym. I'm checking my phone, and I see this email that comes to me directly. It doesn't go through one of our websites. It just comes to me directly. The subject line uh, says, LTD, past five years, worries. Uh, and, and here's the subject of the email. I'll read this to you. The person there says, hello, I've been on LTD for over five years with various mental health issues. My question is, can I be denied at any time? My recovery is being hampered to an extent because I really worry I will be cut off and I have no benefits. I'm in my 50s and have been told by my doctors that my condition will most likely not get to the point where I can function with what I used to do, which is IT. Can you please advise what would be the chances of a denial and my legal rights if that were to happen? Thanks in advance. And then he signs his name. So, you know, for those people who know me, I take working out very seriously. I'm in the gym probably five or six times a week. So, you know, for an email to interrupt my gym routine, it, it takes a lot. And clearly this email shows you that this person is extremely concerned. Uh, so, you know, I, I put my, my headphones aside and I, I stepped to the side and uh, answered the email. And, and I told this person, I said, look, the reality, the reality here is that the insurance company can cut you off long-term disability at any point. And they can do it because, you know, they don't like you or the adjuster had a bad day or perhaps, you know, they had you seen by one of their doctors. Perhaps they've done surveillance and they think they have something that undermines your credibility. For whatever reason, at any point, the insurance company can tell you, we're cutting you off in a week, in a month, in six months, whatever the time frame is. And so I can't give this person or anyone out there an assurance that you know they have 20% probability of getting cut off or 90%. Here's what I can tell you though, and this comes from years of experience of fighting insurance companies and also from years of defending insurance companies at the beginning of my career. And, and, and this, this is what I'm gonna tell you. If you are legitimately unable to work and you are denied long-term disability or you are being cut off long-term disability against your doctor's advice, meaning your doctors, the people who are treating you, are saying you are unable to go back to work, we can help you. We can help you, and I'm not saying that just simply, you know, to, to you know, uh, convince you to, to just give us a call. If, if you don't want to give us a call, don't give us a call. But really what I need to know in order to tell you if I can help you if that thing happens uh, that, that dreadful event where they're telling you they're cutting you off is I need to see the medical documents that are supporting your ongoing disability, right? I need to see what it is that you've given the insurance company. I need to see what is the reason for why they're cutting you off. And, and then I want to look at your policy to understand exactly whether or not, uh, you know, the, the different provisions there that they're relying on are in fact there and, and what they're saying. And I can tell you this, uh, and, and this is what I've answered to this individual, if, in fact, the insurance company is cutting him off or is going to cut him off and it's against his doctor's advice that he should be going back to work, we can help him. And that's the message that I want to get out to people out there. You are not alone. Don't assume that the insurance company can simply do whatever they want. The policy of insurance they have with you, that LTD contract, is a contract. That contract, by definition, gives you certain rights that we can enforce against the insurance company. 
And again, I'm telling you this from years of doing this and from years of helping people who have been under the gun, people who have been worrying nonstop because insurance companies have been threatening to cut them off. Don't, I'm not gonna tell you don't worry because you're gonna worry. But you know, what I told this person is if that day ever comes or if he thinks that that, you know, that day is on the horizon to give me a call immediately and we will look at everything. It's going to cost him nothing for us to have that discussion, for us to give him his legal options. We are there for him. My entire team is there for him and we will be able to help him. You know, it's, it's, it's a smart thing to say because the, the vast majority of people in that case will say, woo, the big bad insurance company, A, I can't beat them. B, they must be right. So they turtle and walk away. Last thing they should be doing. You're absolutely right, John. And, and that's what the insurance company is banking on. They are yeah. banking on you simply walking away, being intimidated because the insurance company is, in fact, a billion-dollar corporate entity. But again, as we've been saying on this show for, for not just months, but years now, insurance companies are not in the habit of losing money. They're in the business of making money. And one of the ways they make money is through this intimidation factor. They will cut someone off or they will intimidate them, assuming that the majority of people out there will walk away from their legal rights. As soon as you stand up for yourself, as soon as we put forth a legal claim against them and that claim internally within the insurance company moves away, to a litigation adjuster, to a defense lawyer, the insurance company is by definition starting to bleed money because they have to pay these people to deal with your claim. So when that happens, that forces them to come to the table because they know that the eventual result, if they don't come to the table and negotiate with us, is they're going to end up before a judge. And I'll tell you, there have been a lot of cases out there with judges have come really, really hard down on insurance companies. And insurance companies don't like that. It's not cost effective. They're not interested in that. So for them, it's literally a game. You know, I mean, they're basically gambling on you walking away, John. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. The the majority of people out there, unfortunately, don't uh, take the time to read or to talk to us. They simply walk away and they leave a lot of money on the table, money that legally belongs to them and their families in the insurance company's pockets. Don't do that. Don't be one of those people. I always, you know, you always say it's it's scary because it's a David and Goliath situation, but we all know who won that battle in mythology. That's exactly right, John. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. We're going to talk about the injury calculator when we come back from a short break. Get to more questions, uh, more of the week that was, and emails as well. To send one simple help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, the number as well to get a hold of the team anytime, one 9646 This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The number anytime to get a hold of Savannah and the team, it's one 9646 help at we'll get to your We'll uh, get to your emails here very shortly. And I know you have a, more, a couple more things to talk about before that, Savannah. But uh, give me some details, as promised, uh, as I mentioned, we would get to right away with the injury calculator. So the injury calculator is, is a tool that we've created a few years back. And what it does is it allows people uh, the option of not having to call a lawyer necessarily at the outset after being injured in, in an accident, in a car accident or a slip and fall uh, or anything like that where you've been injured. And you want to know, does it make sense for me to even contemplate, let alone start, a legal claim against whoever caused my injury? You want to know, what am I going to be looking at in terms of dollars and cents for my injury? What is my injury worth? And so the injury calculator is essentially uh, a a compilation of cases from throughout the country, uh, throughout Canada, where people who've been uh, injured through no fault of their own, Uh, And we're talking about concussions or shoulder tears or back injuries, whatever the injury is. 
chances are someone in this country has had that injury and, and has gone all the way to trial, and judges have given opinions as to how much that injury is worth. And so all this calculator does is it takes a few key pieces of information that you enter in there. By the way, it's anonymous, so you don't have to put in your name or your phone number. You know, you just, you just tell the calculator what kind of injury you've suffered, how serious is it, when did it happen, uh, the city, things like that. It literally takes you 10, 15 seconds, 20 seconds to do max. And then at the end, it scans through the case law and spits out for you the range of damages, the range of monetary awards that, you know, according to the cases in this country, people have been awarded or given by courts for that injury. So, for example, for a hip injury, uh, y- y- you may have a result that says that, you know, you're entitled to 90000 to $150,000, for example, for that hip fracture that you had surgery for. Well, the reason why you have that range of damages is because different people, different ages, you know, this kind of injury affects people different ways. And so different judges in different jurisdictions have, have, you know, provided people with different compensation. That's where you're getting a range. But remember, this injury calculator is just a starting point. When you run through it and you get the results at the end, if you're still interested in perhaps getting a fuller assessment of your case, in other words, you know, understanding how much really your case is worth, because it's not just pain and suffering, Maybe you have someone taking care of you now. Maybe you can't work or have difficulty working, so you're losing income. That requires a more sensitive or detail-oriented analysis. That's when you know my team and I come into play. So that's why when you go through the injury calculator and you press submit at the end, after you uh, get your result, then you get in touch with us. We get in touch with you, and we speak about your case specifically. But if you don't want to get in touch with us, at least this injury calculator will give you that initial opinion as to how much money you could potentially be looking at if you started a legal claim for your injury. Injurycalculator.ca. Again, you can't pay for it even if you wanted to. It's absolutely free. Check it out when you got some time, if only for interest sake. While we're, uh, well, while we're doing the rest of the show here, you could do that. Uh, what else you got going on over there? Well, let, let me read out uh, an email that I got um, sent to us through uh, one of our websites, mydisabilityquestions.com. And I always tell people, if you are in long-term disability, you have concerns about your claim, And again, you don't want to call a lawyer per se or don't even want to email me directly. Post your question for free on mydisabilityquestions.com and I will answer that question. So here's a question that was uh, posted just a week ago or so. This person writes, Hi, I've been on disability for two years now. I lost my kidneys due to cancer and I'm currently undergoing chemotherapy for metastatic cancer. At work, they are building a case to get me out. They already did that to my wife three years ago when she decided to take care of me. Do I have any legal rights in this situation? Can you please give me some advice? Thanks. Now, John, this is not an LTD type question, but I suspect that the reason why this person posted the question is because he is on LTD. But, you know, as you note from the question, it's an employment-related issue that he's asking about. He's concerned about being let go from his job while he is on LTD. And the reason that I'm bringing up this question is because I want to remind our listeners that our firm is is you know, quite unique in that we really have expertise and specialization in two separate areas of law. One is employment law, right? My partner, Lior Samfiro, has the employment hour, the employment hour on 30 on global TV. And we have a group that specializes or focuses specifically on disability type claims. And so, you you know, here you have a situation with a person who's not necessarily uh, concerned about LTD at this point. He's concerned about the employment aspect of his situation, and we can help him. And so I'm going to be directing, in fact, I directed him to the employment lawyers at our firm. And again, I, wa- I want to make sure people understand, 
when when you come to us because you have an issue with your LTD or if you come to us if you have an issue with your employment situation, oftentimes, you know, if you have an employment type question but you're on disability or you know someone with disability, we can help you with that issue as well. Just like if you are on LTD and you have an employment type situation, we can help you on that front. So we try to protect you from all of these uh, risks right together. And it's really important to understand that our lawyers, you know, the right hand is talking to the left hand. We are all in the same office. And so when we are helping someone with their employment issue, but they also are on LTD, we have to make sure that the lawyers communicate because the LTD portion of their claim can affect the employment portion of their claim and vice versa. So that's what I wanted to highlight with this question that, again, stressing that we do both employment and disability claims, and oftentimes those go hand in hand when someone is on disability. We'll take a a short break. Lots more questions coming up. Your emails as well. If you have uh, questions about your disability, uh, free questions and answers actually about LTD, mydisabilityquestions.com, and LTD case assessment as well. That is fightformyltd.com. We'll... uh, We'll uh, get into those a little deeper as the as the hour goes on here. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is a number to get a hold of Savannah and the team and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email as well. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Insurance and Injury Law Show, the number anytime one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. We'll get lots of your emails. So you know, this being the summer season, people are likely to be driving a lot more up north, uh, all that stuff, spending time in cottages. They're on the water. Tell us about some of the more common accidents you see and come across and what people can do about them if they're uh, if they're injured. Because, you know, we've talked about this before, and this is the season where it happens, right? Yeah, it's exactly the season, exactly. And, you know, in the summer, uh, you have more people driving up north. You have people just, you know, staycation, so they're driving in different to different places, to Niagara, to Ottawa, Montreal, wherever it is. And so we see more car accidents. Uh, you know, the conditions are not as bad, obviously. We don't have... Uh, black ice and snowstorms, but you do see more cars on the road, or at least that's my impression because we're getting more calls from people who are injured in car accidents. But by the same token, we're seeing watercraft type of injuries, right? People boating, uh, cottage type of incidents where you have somebody who rents out a cottage and there are defects with that cottage. I remember a case actually a few years back. The stairs, right? The stairs, exactly. Yeah. This gentleman who, uh, uh, you know, rented this. Uh, car. Well, actually, I'm not sure which one you're referring to because the one I'm I'm going to refer to is uh, th- this gentleman who rents this cottage, and he's unfamiliar with the cottage. It's the first time that he and his mm-hmm. family are renting it, and in the middle of the night, uh, he wants to go to the washroom, and it's dark, and he opens the door that he thinks is the door to the washroom, but it's actually the door leading to the basement. Now the problem is that the door is actually opening inwards. And guess what, John? There are oh, no stairs. Oh, there are man. no stairs. So this guy falls down. You can only imagine the kind of injuries he suffered. And, you know, the insurance company that insured the cottage paid a whack of money to this uh, gentleman for his injuries. But you do see those. You see, you know, uh, a lot of these kinds of injuries that happen in the cottage. But you also see cycling accidents. A lot yep. of those happening, right? People are on their uh, uh, bicycles and you know, we have this issue here in Toronto, this big uh, debate and, and tension between drivers and, and, and cyclists. So we do see a lot of accidents of that nature. And what I would say is ex- exactly what I would say to people in the winter, which is that when you are injured, obviously the first thing you need to do, other than call the police if there are injuries, is, you know, make sure you take care of yourself, of your loved ones, go to the hospital, get checked out. Okay, don't simply assume that you're okay if you're feeling no pain whatsoever. 
Uh, but at the same time, make sure that you give us a call or contact us, uh, us so that we can direct you in terms of the benefits you may be entitled to. And you know that's especially true when you're dealing with uh, car accidents because in car accidents or incidents involving cars, right? even if it's a car and a pedestrian or a car and a bicycle, you know, it's not just the legal claim that you may have against the car driver, uh, the owner of the vehicle, but you may also have accident benefits. You may also have access to accident benefits, which are immediate. So for example, let's say you're a pedestrian and you're crossing the road and you are hit by a car. I don't know, the car is making uh, a turn or something. They're not, they didn't see you. They knock you off to the ground. You now have some kind of an injury that is either preventing you from working or perhaps you need um, you know, various therapies, physiotherapy, whatever it is. You are entitled to certain accident benefits either from your own automobile insurer, even though you were just a pedestrian at the time, or if you're not insured uh, by an auto insurer, then you're entitled to those benefits right now from the insurance company of the vehicle that struck you. So again, very important to understand that you do have legal rights. Uh, And again, you know, tell your friends and your colleagues and family members if they're in that situation, don't simply go on Google and try to learn about the stuff because these these laws that we have here to protect people who are injured, they change so rapidly. Uh, you know, the internet can't keep up. So just make sure you give us a call. But those are the kind of injuries that we see, John. And again, right. we have a very good team, a very able team that is up to date on the law. And we deal with these kinds of questions and issues and cases on a daily basis. That number, by the way, one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six, and help at the insurance lawyer three email. In that regard, George writes in, uh, sent this over uh, today. Says uh, my seventy one year old mother fell on ice this past winter outside her friend's condo building. She broke her right hip and needed surgery. Uh, she was in the hospital for a month and then was in LTD long term care. Uh, now she's at home, and we had to make a lot of changes to her condo to accommodate her new limitations, which cost us about $10,000. And now my wife, who worked part-time in a grocery store, is taking care of my mother full-time, so we're losing about $1,500 a month or so. I checked out the injury calculator website you talk about. shows that my mother can get uh, between ninety to 165000 for her pain and suffering. What about the expenses of the work we did on our condo and the loss of my wife's income to our family? Can we claim that? Excellent question. Phenomenal question. And George, thanks for uh, actually mentioning the injury calculator because you're right. If you go and look on the injury calculator uh, for, for, for the monetary compensation you can get for, for a, uh, an injured hip, if you broke it and you had surgery, it's exactly that. It's 90,000 to 165. But again, every case is specific. And, and you know, you brought up very interesting points. What do you do in terms of compensation for your wife? For the fact that, you know, she now takes care of your mother full time. She's losing money that otherwise she would have been able to earn uh, at her work. You guys spent money, uh, $10,000, you said, on... on um, uh, renovations to the condo, these are all recoverable. They're recoverable under different areas of the law. So for example, if someone is injured in Ontario, other than those out-of-pocket expenses like the home renovations, which we're going to have to prove were actually incurred because of this injury. I mean, remember, we have to prove that stuff. But if we can prove it, we show receipts and you know we explain that this is the reason why the renovations were done. It's not that difficult if you look at this kind of an injury with this kind of a, of a, of a scenario where somebody is, you know, is elderly. Uh, in addition to that, we, we ask the question, what about the people who are now helping this individual? Well, 
under the Family Law Act, specifically Section 61, and people can go on Google and actually Google this because yep. the legislation is online. Section 61 specifically states under sub 2, the damages recoverable in a claim under subsection 1, which is the claim for injuries, may include A, the actual expenses reasonably incurred for the benefit of the person injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, deals with funeral expenses in the uh, um, you know situation if you have somebody who passed away. C, a reasonable allowance for travel expenses actually incurred in visiting the person during his or her wow. treatment or recovery. D, where as a result of the injury, the claimant provides nursing, housekeeping, or other services for the person, a reasonable allowance for the loss of income or the value of yeah. those services. Yeah. So, you know, and, and then there is E, which is pain and suffering types of damages to the family members who now don't have the same family member because that person is injured. So my point is, you know, we can definitely, George, make sure that we compensate your wife and your family for what you guys have lost because of your mother's injury, right? These are called derivative claims because they derive from the initial injury, from the original injury that your mother suffered. So it's very important, as, as you can see, we can't go through this analysis on the injury calculator. The injury calculator gives you a starting point. It yeah. tells you that for her, you know, your, your mother's uh, pain and suffering, she can get anywhere from ninety dollars to $165,000 for pain and suffering. But again, you have all these other damages that we can potentially recover for your family, which is why a claim like this, you know, it's not unheard of to get damages at a settlement with an insurance company, you know, in the two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars again, maybe even more, depending on the severity of the injury and what it is that this person now needs in terms of future care, you know, for the rest of her life. So, John, very, very good question, very important question. And, it, you know, it really allows us to explain that it's not just pain and suffering that you're entitled to when you have an injury because of someone's negligence. It's all the other damages uh, that are peripheral to it but are derived directly from that injury. George, appreciate that email, and uh, you already have the email address. I'll give you the phone number just in case to uh, to go further. one 9646 and always check out injurycalculator.ca as well. We'll bounce back over to the workplace as it uh, pertains to your end of the business in the firm as well, Savannah, after a short break. Uh, you want to get a hold of, again, help at the insurancelawyer.ca. It's the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. one 9646 help at the insurancelawyer.ca to get a hold of the team anytime try it and injury calculator.ca as well you want to find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be the real number all the homework is done there it takes about 30 seconds there's absolutely no reason to uh not go in there anonymously or if you want to there's a contact button at the bottom and take it further with savan and his team so often dealing with people who have lost uh, income they're unable to work uh, the way they did before an accident right so how do you deal with that situation where a person they've had an accident and because of his or her injuries uh, they lost their job. What can you guys do for them? That's an excellent uh, question, John. That's something that we see again daily. And it's something that you know we see quite a lot because a lot of employers out there don't really understand what their obligations are vis-a-vis their, empl- you know, their, their employees who are injured. And that's something Lior uh, talks about daily and something our employment lawyers deal with on a daily basis. Again, that's why it's so crucial and important, I think, for people out there to understand that we deal not only with injuries, disabilities, but also with employment law, such that when somebody who's injured, who now has difficulties with his or her employer, can come to us and we can help them on both ends. And and that's really crucial, John, because that person may not necessarily know when they're going to be able to go back to work. And they want to make sure that their work rights 
are in fact protected and preserved. And we've seen situations where people have been injured, then they're let go from their job, and now not only do you have a loss of income claim that I can advance through the personal injury side of the, of the, of the practice, but now I can involve one of our employment lawyers who can then go to the employer and say, hold on for a second, you can't do that. Firing somewhere, someone who's disabled is, is not only a, a problem from an employment law standpoint, but it's a human rights violation. Right. So again, you know, we can help people in that situation. And even if you are injured and you are concerned about your job, you haven't been fired, but you're concerned, give us a call. I'll put you in touch with the right person. At least you'll know your rights. At least you'll know what your options are in the event that the employer makes your life uh, hell or if the employer fires you, we'll be able to protect you. Simple number, one 990 9646 help at to use that email. And Dana did exactly that. She says, uh, my son has been on antipsychotic meds for a while and has had several nervous breakdowns. He recently tried to go back to work and was deemed incapable and had to stop. The insurer doesn't want to put him back on benefits. They say that he hasn't taken all the meds their doctor their doctor prescribed, but his own psychiatrist doesn't want him to take a certain drug their psychologist is recommending. What can we do? This is such an insane situation. Here you have, you have uh, a person who is following his own doctor's recommendations for treatment, and then you have the insurance company who has their doctor who's probably seen this person once, if at all, saying, no, I think he should be on this other drug. You know, it's just, my advice, uh, uh, Dana, is to make sure that your son follows his uh, treating specialist's advice. And and you know what I would do? I would have your son's psychiatrist uh, actually read whatever report was generated by the insurance company's psychologist and provide a rebuttal or provide his opinion or her opinion as to whether or not that drug is appropriate or not. And, and you know, John, again, insurance companies will use any excuse in the book to cut a person off, a person who legitimately should be on disability. And we've dealt with cases like this before. We've dealt with many cases where the insurance company's doctor says, I think this person should be on this treatment or that treatment. And meanwhile, that disabled person's own doctors who've known this person for months, if not years, are saying, no, we disagree. You know, for whatever reason, we think that that treatment is inappropriate or we think that this treatment is better. You know what, John? Just from a health standpoint, let alone from a legal standpoint, if I'm in that situation, I'm going to follow the people that have been treating me now for months and years. I'm not going to go by what some doctor who works for the insurance company says. I think that's completely... You know, that, that's just, it's wrong. It's, and it's wrong for the insurance company to use that as leverage and, and, and as the linchpin to actually cut the person off and keep them off benefits. So, Dana, give me a call off air. Put me in touch with your son. Trust me, I'll be able to help him. Dana, that number again, one 990 Now, as far as their doctor's advice and them denying you for their doctor is one thing, but if, if, they can ask you to go see their doctor, yes? Yeah, they can, they can ask you definitely to go see their doctor, and that happens quite routinely. And in fact, usually when someone contacts me and asks me, you know, do I have an obligation to go see this person that they've put me in touch with? Uh, you do. Your policy, if you look at it, at least the vast majority of LTD policies out there will contain a provision that talks about the insurance company's right to have you assessed at some point. Now, it can't be onerous. They can't send you to five different psychologists, right? Just because they don't like the opinions of the first four, send you to a fifth one. Uh, right. So, but, but you know, you rarely see that. Usually what I see is people who are 
on disability for whatever reason, let's say it's psychological or physical, whatever it is, insurance company says, we've arranged for you to see this and this person on this and this date. You go, you don't hear anything back, although in a few weeks, a few months, you get a call or an email from your adjuster telling you, well, based on this doctor that we sent you, based on his or her report and opinions, we think that you're no longer disabled or that you should be going back to work. And of course, the person is shocked. So, you know, I usually tell people, if you're in that situation and you've been told that they want you to be seen by one of their doctors, give me a call. Let's have a chat about how you should behave and act. Of course, you should be very honest and truthful when you go to see one of their doctors. Yep. But also make sure that you take uh, copious notes. Make sure that you ask for a copy of that report after it's generated. Because, you know, uh, more often than not, people tell me that there are a lot of errors, factual errors in those reports generated by those insurance doctors. But yeah, you do have to go there if they uh, if they arrange that for you. Gotcha. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number. Email again, help at the insurance lawyer You want to find out or ask questions and answers, get that about your LTD. Absolutely free. MyDisabilityQuestions.com as well. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show is on the way after a short break, right here. Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. One triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. That is the number. Get a hold of Savan and his uh, his awesome team. The email is help at the insurance lawyer.ca as well. I want to talk a bit about paying and taxes and uh, insurance companies paying out. So how long do LTD policies of insurance typically pay for and what is their limit and are the payments taxable? I know you get these questions all the time with emails, so I thought I'd throw them at you. Are they taxable when you settle an LTD case? All that stuff. Yeah, so those are very important questions. People, you know, obviously are concerned about those. So in terms of how long LTD policies of insurance typically pay for, um, I'm going to approach that from the standpoint of, you know, uh, policies themselves, the contracts of insurance, you know, do they have, uh, you know, some kind of an age limit? Do they have a year limit? So typically most LTD policies will pay you up until age 65. There are some policies that have an actual year, like number of year limit, you know, we'll pay for two years max or we'll pay for five years max or 10 years. And then conversely, on the other side, you have some policies that will take you beyond age 65. So it's really important to understand because, you know, John, I get people calling me telling me, you know, I'm reaching the two-year mark, I'm going to be cut off and that's it. I don't have any more coverage, but they're confusing that with the change of definition date, meaning their policies are usual, regular age 65 type policies, but they're interpreting what their adjuster is telling them uh, to mean that, oh, yeah, you're approaching the two-year mark and you're not going to be eligible for benefits afterwards. No, no, no. They're not telling you that your policy only takes you for two years. They only pay you for two years. What they're telling you is that to qualify beyond the two-year period, you have to have uh, a, a disability that prevents you from doing any occupation, not just your occupation. So all I'm saying is that if you're in that situation and you think your policy payments are going to end at some point in the near future and, and, and you're concerned about that because it's only been two years, chances are you have a standard policy. Give us a call. They're cutting you off prematurely if you still can't work. Now, to the other questions you asked, John. Yeah. Um, You've asked, what is the, the time limit and are the, the payments taxable? So let's deal yep. with the taxable uh, issue. He, he, here's the general rule. If you did not pay 100% of your premiums, disability premiums, when you were still working, meaning you had co-paid with your employer or your employer is the one who provided you with the uh, disability coverage, then if you access that coverage, if you get payments because you're disabled, those payments will be taxable. Yeah. If, however 
you actually paid for your premiums. It was a private policy or you paid 100% of those premiums. When the time comes for you to access the payments, those will be non-taxable. Now, let's move on to the third question. Okay. What happens when you settle a case, right? I have a client, let's say, I go to a mediation tomorrow, we have a settlement with the, with the LTD insurer. So generally speaking, settlements, uh, they come in all shapes and sizes and, and colors. So it really depends on the settlement. But if you were paying, if you were, if you were taxed on your monthly disability benefits and you settle with an insurance company for a retroactive amount, okay, let me give you an example, John. Let's say that okay. you were cut off a year ago from LTD. Right. We go to a mediation tomorrow. Tomorrow we settle for that one year that they owe you, one year worth okay. of payments, but also we settle for an extra five years worth of future LTD payments. That's your settlement, let's say, okay? okay. If before you were cut off, your payments were taxable, then you're gonna pay tax on that retroactive one year that we're gonna settle for tomorrow. But you're not gonna pay tax on any future amounts. So the, the five years into the future that we're settling for you. Okay, is that, is that, is that clear? Yep. Okay, yep. now if you were not paying tax on your monthly disability amounts uh, before they cut you off, well then the, your, your entire settlement, retroactive and future, will not be taxed. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm not expecting people out there to remember everything. All I'm saying is that there are different tax treatments and we have to make sure that we, again, the goal for us is to maximize the amount of money we put in our client's pocket. So we want to make sure that if we're engaging the insurance company, we're engaging them in such a way as to make sure that th there are, you know, th the tax implications are not going to be, uh, you know, uh, burdensome, that they're not going to, 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 to be heavy. If we can minimize them for our clients, we will. Everything has to be legal, right? We have to uh, cross all the T's and dot all the I's. But it's very important that people understand that depending on their specific case, uh, depending on their specific situation, they may or may not uh, be paying tax on a portion of, of their settlement if, in fact, we settle their case at the LTD mediation. Got another uh, an email, a lengthy one, so I'm going to take a break before we uh, we get into that uh, email. By the way, to send your own is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The number is one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six. And again, to check out the pain and suffering component of a claim, how much should it be? You want a ballpark figure? Very simple. It takes thirty seconds or less. It's called injurycalculator.ca. There's absolutely no commitment. It could be totally uh, anonymous. And if you choose to uh, go through with that and contact Lior and the or pardon me, Savannah and the rest of the team, Lior as well. He'll you know come into the office once in a while and talk to you but uh, you can do that at the bottom or just walk away completely uh, anonymous email when we return right here on the insurance and injury law show global news radio 640 toronto one triple eight nine nine zero ninety six forty six is the number help at the insurance lawyer.ca as well java writes in here says first of all when is enough enough my wife has been bullied by her claims adjuster at her ltd disability insurer repeatedly she is disrespectful and very aggressive whenever she speaks with us my wife is not well. She's 53 and worked for 25 years for the same employer as a manager. And then she became ill and was approved for short-term disability, then long-term disability. We are getting close to two years, and this adjuster says that my wife will be cut off right then. She suffers from severe depression and bipolar disorder. Her doctors are adamant that she's not well to do any work, and we don't know what to do. 
That's a rough situation. It's a very rough situation. And, and Jabber, th- that infuriates me, you know, when I hear about uh, situations like this where people are being bullied by adjusters, especially when they are in a very vulnerable state. I can tell you that the, one of the things that happen when we are retained, when people hire us to deal with the insurance company, is that we now are the ones dealing with the adjuster. We are now the ones dealing with the, the insurance company's doctors or whoever it is that's communicating with us in relation to our client. So as soon as we are retained, our client no longer gets phone calls or emails or letters from the insurance company. That's just by law. They're not allowed to contact you because now you have a lawyer. So, you know, again, that's something that should never, ever happen. And, you know, for people out there, if if you're in that situation, you, you have every right, first of all, to put it in writing to the adjuster and perhaps even their manager that this is happening and is completely unacceptable. Now, in addition to that, Jabber is saying that his wife is going to be cut off at the two-year mark. So again, we've spoken about that before. I want to make sure that I'm crystal clear on this point. In many instances, people are told that they are approaching the two-year mark of receiving LTD, and so therefore, their policy will come to an end. Their payments, their LTD payments will come to an end. What people don't understand or are not being explained properly, it's not that the insurance company has no longer an obligation to pay you. It's that the insurance company now has made an assessment that the new test that you have to meet to be eligible for LTD, that you don't meet that test. So let's talk about that test. For the first two years of being on long-term disability, you have to prove through medical documents from your own doctors that you cannot do your own occupation. It's called OWN-OCK, the OWN-OCK test, your own occupation test. Beyond the two-year mark, right, that transition into two-plus years of LTD payments, the definition of total disability that you have to meet to qualify for those payments changes. It broadens. What it now says is that you will be eligible to receive LTD if you cannot do any occupation for which you're suited for by training, education, or experience. So now the definition or the test goes from own OCK to any OCK, to any occupation. And so, Jabber, what's happening, I think, here is that the insurance company or this adjuster who's being very bullish and, and inappropriate in their behavior, I think that that person is essentially telling you and your wife that he or she doesn't believe that your wife meets the expanded definition required in order to get LTD. And again, we can help with that because all I need to do really at the beginning when I assess a claim, I need to see the reason for the denial I need to see the policy, which is very easy to get, generally from the insurance company, uh, and I need to see the medical documentation from the disabled person's treating practitioners. And as long as the treating uh, practitioners, the psychologist, the psychiatrist, the family doctor, whoever it is that's treating you, as long as they say that you cannot go back at this point in time to any job, in my mind, that means that you have met the any OCK test. Now look, Maybe I'm simplifying it a bit. I would need to see a bit more of documentation. Sometimes doctors, you know, provide caveats and perhaps say, you know, I don't think that they can uh, do, do uh, the job now, but perhaps in 12 months or in 18 months. We can look at, you know, Jabber, we can look at your wife's specific case. But again, to go back to the beginning, there is no reason whatsoever that the adjuster is treating you and your wife the way that she is. We can hit back at that and hit back hard. You know, I've had situations, John, where I've, I've communicated with the manager of an adjuster, and I've heard then 
through sources that the adjuster that was behaving that way actually got reprimanded. I mean, that's, that reflects really badly on the insurance company. They don't want that. So, you know, again, if you're in that situation, you should not be bullied. You should not be, uh, you know, in a situation where the treatment of the adjuster is actually sending you back. We, we, can, we, we can push back, we can hit back, and especially if you're told that you're going to be cut off at the two-year mark, don't simply take that at face value. Don't believe that. If your doctors are telling you, you cannot go back to work, give me a call, give my team and I the chance to review the documents and to give you our advice. And again, that consultation doesn't take long. I literally need just a few minutes of reviewing your medical documents, uh, your denial letter, and, and the policy to tell you what your legal options are been another busy show if you didn't get your email read you can still send it along very simply at help at the insurance lawyer.ca the number to get a hold of savan the team james as well uh, who will probably be back uh, next week on the show toll free one 9646 if you haven't used this as well we've been talking about this for years thousands have used it and uh, glean the information that it gives. That is injurycalculator.ca. Find out what the pain and suffering component of your claim should be. Again, injurycalculator.ca. There's no commitment. You can do it anonymously. You can contact Savannah and the team. Otherwise, it takes about 30 seconds to go through and get that number as well. Till next time, this has been the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.